Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. This is Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, Big Meach41. And now I can officially say this on season two. I am now on TikTok at Alex Meacham41. This is a special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. Bearcat fans, I'm excited to welcome in my next guest. This gentleman has never scored a basket for the Bearcats. Doesn't have one rebound. Doesn't even have an assist. However, his loyalty and contribution to UC Athletics, and in particular Bearcat basketball, cannot be measured on a stat sheet. Steve Boymel is the president of the Healthcare Management Group. He was a 2012 Pioneer Award winner, longtime booster, and the number one Bearcat fan. We've all seen the image of Kevin Durant when he's giving his NBA MVP speech. And he looks at his mom and he says, Mom, you're the real MVP. Well, Bearcat fans, speaking on behalf of a lot of former players, Steve, you're the real MVP. I'd like to welcome in my guy, Steve Boymel. What's going on, Steve? Not too much. I'm honored to be on your uh, broadcast here. No problem. Was that okay? Was that a good yeah. in- induction? I do good. Yeah. You're the real MVP, Steve. No, I'm not. But <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the honor you just bestowed on me. Yeah, no, and thank you for having us in uh, your beautiful home. And, and I want to say this. So Stu and Colin, who are part of our uh, production team, um, it's really cool, I think, you know, not only for them being, you know, young entrepreneurs and myself to come in to your home. And this is a beautiful, beautiful home. But what this home represents is a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears that you've put into um, your life's work. And uh, you are one of the hardest working dudes I know. Well, thank you. Thank you. Very welcome. Um, let's 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 take a step back. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your background, where you're from, what high school you went to. Well, I went to Woodward High School, the old Woodward, the old Woodward, and uh, went to High University, and uh, then uh, ended up in healthcare. And I've been in healthcare for 53 years, and uh, wow. uh, I own retirement communities and assisted living facilities, Alzheimer's Center, uh, nursing homes, uh, and I'm invested in other elements of the healthcare uh, field, uh, such as hospice and, and uh, pharmacy, uh, not pharmacy, but uh, uh, home health. Real quick, back to high school. Did you play any sports? Football. Football. What, what position? <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as your son laughs over. 
believe it or not, I forgot about this, and a buddy of mine sent me a picture of myself uh, with the football team, and uh, he circled my my face. Uh, I actually uh, played halfback, and uh, uh, I wasn't that fast, but I also played uh, defense. Okay. Uh, and that was it. And, and then my mother wouldn't let me play any further, so... You know, I got in two years, and that was it. And that was it. Yeah. And you had so you'll show us that picture after we finish up here. We, if, we'll, if you can find if that, I, if I can find okay. it. Okay, I want to see that pic. Um, now, you, you talked a little bit about uh, your, you know your current role with uh, the healthcare management group. What was your first ever job? Oh, my first ever job. Um, oh, oh. Um, Take you back. Yeah, you are taking me back, <laughs> Ontario. Ontario Foods. It was on Ridge Road. Okay. It was owned by the Cantor family out yeah. of, out of uh, Dayton. Yep. And um, my job, and I was like four foot 10, 11. I, I worked and how, at, how tall are you now? Five, seven and a half. Okay. So my job was the dairy department. And the dairy cooler was outside, and there was a ramp, and you had to bring the milk. Uh, down the ramp on a two-wheeler and um, uh, then you had to place it in the case uh, so that the customers could could get it and so I was shown how to do it and so I understood how to do it and the first time I go out and stack up five cases on my two-wheeler I couldn't see over them oh boy (laughs) I thought I was in line with the with the ramp and sure enough, I wasn't. And uh, one of the wheels went off the ramp, and I lost the whole five cases. And my boss at the time came out screaming at me yep. and said, you're paying for each one of them. I said, can I do it over time? <laughs> how, how long did that job last? Oh, I, I did it for summer. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I finally figured out how to do it. I, okay. didn't, I didn't break any more cases. There you go. But boy, was that embarrassing. My first job was on Ridge Road. My first job was at Sam's Club. Okay. Yeah. Pushing carts. You know what? That's a that's a great thing to do, though. Like, I think in life, no matter where you get to, you go back to some of your first jobs. And, and I did not like pushing carts. And I said, this is the last time I'm ever going to do anything like this in my life. I got to put in a lot of hard work. Well, there were times when the milk de- or the dairy department was covered so they'd send me out to collect the carts and that was a hard job and yes. when you're four foot ten it's an even harder <laughs> job because you, you, you stack up 10 20 of those things and they're hard to n- negotiate and navigate yeah so in, in your in your current business with the healthcare management group um you, you've been in that for how long now? 53 years. 53 years. Um, how much has it grown since, obviously a lot, but from you know the start to 2021 here? Well, I started off with one facility. It was a really tiny 19-bed facility um, in 1971, 72. And then it's grown every year, every couple of years. Uh, our growth has been pretty methodical because I can't do more than one one thing at a time so mm-hmm. i'd like to focus my attention on whatever it is i'm doing and uh, uh we've over the course of the number of years uh, at least the last 20 we've really put together 
a really solid management team that I'm enormously proud of. Yeah. That uh, enabled enabled me to travel to away games, although that hasn't happened this year. Right. Right. At all. Right. We're going to talk a lot about that. And shout out Greg Miller. Yes. Your, your right yeah. hand man, who's an incredible, incredible person. Yeah. He is absolutely phenomenal, and he anticipates me, and you know gets it done before I even had a chance to think about it. So I'm really, really proud of him. How far, how far do we go back? So you went to school with two of my sons. So I would see you at seven Hills. Yes. And I think there was a seventh and eighth grade basketball team that, (laughs) that, that we would, I suddenly got volunteered to make popcorn at (laughs) Which is how I Which signed. is ironic because you have popcorn at every game you go to. That's a must. Yes. That's a that's a Steve Boymel staple. Yes. At any sporting event. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it is. I love I can't go to a sporting event without some popcorn. I know. It's not it's not the same without <laughs> it. Um let, let, let's talk about your involvement um with the Bearcats. Uh so how did you you know, originally get involved with, with UC Athletics. And I believe, I think we talked about this before when I was out at your office. I mean, you started going to games. You just started to buy tickets. You want to tell that story? So 1969, um, I'm fortunate enough to buy four tickets, season tickets, to UC games. And it's at the old Armory Fieldhouse. That's taken at 1969. And I'm in... And I'm I'm so I'm, I mean, I'm honored to be in the room because to get into the Army Fieldhouse, somebody had to die and leave you their tickets because they were so good through the Oscar years and through our sure. 61, 62 uh, Final Four teams. I mean, you couldn't get a ticket. How many so, did that place hold? Would you say? I think it was 8,500. Wow. So I was really lucky, and the four seats were in the last row <laughs> of the field house behind the UC bench. Now, the only thing I loved about it was it had a rail. Mm-hmm. So I had something to lean back on. And back then, you were allowed to smoke in the armory. Wow. So we'd be sitting up there smoking, and then we'd drop our, our, our finished cigarettes down to the ground, and they would obviously go out. So that goes back to 1969. So that would be Tay Baker was the coach. Yeah. I think so. Let's see. Tay Baker was, should I think he got finished in 72. Yes, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I've I've done some research on on my coaches over the years because I was mixing up when Tay Baker was there, Catlett, Badger. It was hard to keep track of those years. So I wasn't around, you know, yeah. and I didn't know much, so I had to do some research. But during that time, mm-hmm. um, so 69, was there still a lot of momentum for, for Bearcat basketball based on Oscar was Oscar was 60, right? He left in 60, and then they won in 61, 62. So they still had a lot of momentum going? Yeah. I, 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 after I, they were a good team. But, you know, we were in a tough conference at the time, and, and some of the other teams had gotten really good, too. So, mm-hmm. um, But we were still, you know, we were a storied program. So um, it was, place was packed all the time. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot of fun to go there, um, and we enjoyed ourselves. And then um, at 
some point, and I guess it was somewhere in the 70s, um, that we moved down to River, what was it, River? Riverfront Fun, Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, Riverfront Coliseum. And uh, Bill Mulvihill, uh, who was the assistant athletic director at the time, um, said, we're going to move you down. And so all of a sudden we were halfway down mid-court mm -hmm. and that was exciting and so then i had four four tickets there um and actually i have to give a lot of credit to bill mulvihill because i wouldn't have gotten as involved in in bearcat basketball if it hadn't been for him because he was very nurturing uh you know he was a contemporary of mine uh he was very encouraging you know and and uh, back then you know i think it was 50 bucks to become a, a, a Bearcat a booster. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and... And you did and, at that time? Oh, yeah. In mm -hmm. 1969, pulling together, you know, 50 bucks was a lot of money for me, but I managed it because it was something that I was passionate about. Yeah. And um, and then every year, you know, Bill would say, you know, can you up that by, you know, 25 or can you add another 50 or whatever? And, so I would continue doing that, and they just kept placing me further down. And then at some point in, in the early 70s, a friend of mine who had floor seats uh, had some financial problems, called me up and said, uh, you know, I can't, I can't afford to keep my floor seats. You know, would you like them? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll buy them from you, but keep them in your name. They're yours, and when you get healthy, they're yours. And um, so I got four floor seats under the basket, and that was very exciting because you know when the when somebody's on a fast break and it's coming right at you, you can't miss a thing. Right, right. So that was exciting. Let me let me ask you this. I, yeah. I don't know if you remember or want to share this, but what were season ticket prices like back then? Like for floor seats? God, I don't remember. You know, yeah, I know it's a long time ago. I was just wondering. Maybe a hundred bucks a seat or something, geez. or two hundred bucks a seat. I can't remember. Yeah, but I was just honored that this guy thought enough of me to offer the tickets to mm -hmm. me. Yeah, and uh, after a couple of years, he just said, "I, I they're yours. Yeah. I, I'm putting them in your name. I, I, I can't afford to take them." How different? Obviously, very different, but. In your eyes, the difference between you know going to games to the Armory back in '69 and going to the Fifth Third Arena, and, and obviously we're not in there right now, but even of the last couple of years, I mean, what's what's? I didn't go to those games back then, but how how different? Well, it, it, the Armory was a lot more compact, yeah, uh, and so you seemed like you you felt like you were closer to the court. Uh, Whereas the shoe is just a phenomenal facility, and what they've done to it is is a credit to the athletic department. They were very much visionaries, and yeah. and and what they assembled through their architecture um, to to really make it comfortable and make it a great fan experience for everybody that goes. It really is with the restaurants and and uh, the thing that I needed most. In, in their renovation was the restroom restroom locations because when you get to be my age you walk into a room you're looking for the restroom right right and and, and get your popcorn yes very quickly yeah um did, did you envision at that time when you said bill mulvihill 
was was kind of roping you in fifty dollars here that you would have the impact um, as a booster um, and as a Bearcat fan that you do today. Did you ever, you know, think, oh, I'm, I, I want to get more involved in heavily? No, I just, you know, you know, when they called on me, if I could afford to do it, I would help and help. And, you know, I just would help, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I live for the basketball season. I live for UC oh, basketball. Yeah. So, um, you know, anything I could, could do, and I always made sure that whatever it was, it was all kosher. <laughs> yeah. I'd be the last person in the world to want to get the, the program in, in any trouble. Yeah, no doubt. So you didn't go to the games when Oscar played or the 61-62. You, you watched those. You would, I or, would. Or radio. Well, yes. So, uh, first of all, I, I became enamored with bas- basketball when I was about eight years old. I would watch uh, Bob Pettit, who played for LSU, and he was six foot nine, just an incredible basketball player. And I was always babysitting my, my two sisters uh, back then. And, um, well, no, one sister. I don't think the other one was born yet. Um, but I'd had to babysit, so I'd turn on uh, whatever channel it was. Channel 9, I think, carried it. And uh, it, there was LSU basketball. And mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that a human being could do those kinds of things with his body and a ball Mm-hmm. And get it in the in the in the hoop, and then when I turned twelve, uh, I st- started going to bar mitzvah parties, and there were always half a dozen TVs everywhere to watch Oscar, yeah. and I was wowed by him. I mean, he was just unbelievable. Uh, at six five, he scored more points than <laughs> yeah. than Pettit, and rebounded and he was just amazing to watch and that's got me hooked and that from then on I be, I was a bearcat mm-hmm. um, and uh, so it, it was great basketball memorable basketball yeah um, um, I just loved it and, so, and lived for it but I could never afford to go to a game okay when it was at Armory Field House we couldn't afford it first gotcha. of all you couldn't get a ticket but even if you could get a ticket, we couldn't afford it as a family. So uh, we never got down there. So so Oscar really kind of brought you in to be a Bearcat fan. Yes. How different do you think Bearcat basketball would have been if, if Oscar did not choose the Bearcats? Um, that's hard to say because, you know, Jack Twyman had just left. Mm-hmm. And he was an incredible basketball yeah, sure. player. So there might there might have been a slight reduction in talent, but I, it seems to me that we had a talented team. Uh, and people always think that Oscar was part of the national championship teams, and he wasn't. No, you hear that often. Yes. They, they, they think, and I'm like, no, it was the year after, you know, 61, 62. And I'm sure, okay, so Oscar brings you in, you become a Bearcat fan, then he leaves, and then they win two national championships. I mean, and you being a big Bearcat fan, you're, you're in love now. Yeah. Well, first of all, the only time when I was really young that I ever got to see Oscar on, on TV is if it was carried on Channel 5 and sponsored by the old Central Trust Bank. 
okay. which is now PNC. Okay. And they would sponsor it, and you know that's when you got to see them, and that's when it was exciting. I mean, we couldn't even get into the gardens uh, at the Crosstown Shootout. Mm. Uh, we couldn't afford that either. Yeah. So, um, so it was watching them on TV. But then when they, and then in, in 61, 62, when they won the national championship, I mean, that was, I was living the dream. I mean, every day was exciting. In fact, the second time they won, I had a bunch of buddies over at my house. Okay. And I was screaming so much at the TV. My buddies went and got a pillowcase. And my dad's sitting in the room with us mm-hmm. watching the game. Mm-hmm. They put a pillowcase over my head so I couldn't see what was going on, <laughs> so I'd shut up. And they almost won a third time. Yeah. And that was that was sad. Yeah. Uh, what was it? What was his name? Uh, Vic Rouse. The uh, Mister. Uh, no, he he. The free did throw. The, no, he did the stick back. Uh, for for Loyola. Oh, Vic I'm, Rouse. I think I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I have to brush up on that one. Look that one up. I think that's right. Yeah, you you you've been around for you've been around for a lot. Um, you've been around for quite a few coaches um, as well. Like we said, uh, Tay Baker and then um, um, Gail Catlett came after after uh, Tay and then uh, Ed Badger um, through the 80s. And then Tony, Tony Yates, um, which I want to talk about a little bit because obviously Tony Yates has, has recently passed away. Um, but I, I, I've always said this, and I, I think I talked about it a little bit with Roger McClendon and some other guys about um, Tony Yates. So cool that, you know, Tony played on the championship team, was a player, came back as a coach. And at that time for the university to hire Tony, not only a former player, but a black coach. And there weren't a lot of them at that time. Um, they were really ahead of things, you know, doing that. Um, and obviously, um, you know, Tony's coaching career uh, was, you know, he recruited very well, but the wins and losses were, were a different story. But I mean, what a great person and human being. And you know, Tony, you knew Tony very well. If you want to speak on him a little bit in that time period. Well, I was on cloud nine when they hired him. Yeah. I thought he was the greatest hire For sure. we, could, we could have. And uh, and he was an incredible recruiter. And he was. Yes. Uh, he re- did a fantastic job at Illinois, and then when he came here, I mean, he could recruit. Uh, I just never could understand why we couldn't win with any consistency. Um, and but he, what a wonderful man, and he will be sorely missed by anyone that that loves basketball. And he was a great human being too. No question. Anybody that can get a McDonald's All-American and Roger McClendon to decide to play for the Bearcats after the records they had the years prior. I mean, the, the, the job he had to do to sell Roger on coming here is very, very impressive. And just, you know, one of the things Roger talks about with Tony was he was such a great recruiter. And like you said, in Illinois, that's the connection they first initially made. And we, we, we ended up getting a lot of guys um, that played for the Bearcats for Tony that were from the Chicago area, Andre Tate, you know, other guys like that. But um, one of the things that Rogers said was he, Tony had players that could play a fast paced style of game, but 
but Tony wanted to play more of a Big Ten style because that's kind of where he came from and kind of slow it down. And, and at times that, that kind of hurt their success. You know, if he would have possibly played a little bit, little bit faster, the outcome, you know, could have been different. But, you know, you look at the recruits Tony um, had, even his last, his last stay that ended up transferring over to Bob Huggins I mean that those that first Bob Huggins team was the the backbone to yes. that six. I mean with Lou Banks, how tough Lou Andre Tate, uh, one of the big guards. He was they, they he did recruit well. Yeah, no uh, question. And, and I think you're probably right. Um, you know, Tony was a defensive player. I mean, he was incredible. Mm-hmm. He could steal the ball and and get the outlet pass. And so I think he grew up playing that style. Yep. Um, and I think he thought that style would work. And, and it, I, I guess it didn't because everybody was really going full speed and we were slowing it down. And when we got leads, we would lose them uh, because they'd get a, a breakaway layup or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. And Roger he- is right. <laughs> and, and, and he, he played for him, so he would know better than me. Uh, no question. Um, and I and I kind of jumped uh, ahead a little bit, but um, even with Gail Catlett, Ed Badger, what was your involvement at that point? Because you know you you've got floor seats now, right? Yeah. And you had those. Um, and Bill Mulvihill's knocking at your door quite a bit. So at that point, with Gail and and Ed. And I'm saying Gail and Ed like I know him personally, but uh, what was your involvement at that point? Um, I started going to luncheons at, at Schuler's Wigwam. <laughs> during- <laughs> I forgot about that place. You just took my mind back to, I remember that carpet in there too. Like you just took me, we used to have our, some of our team dinners there. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean- no, no, that's all right. So, so I, <laughs> I got invited to a couple of those uh, luncheons. Uh, and, and Badger was the head coach then. Um, and, you know, he would talk about recruiting and he would talk about uh, the team. And it was just nice. I mean, I was like the youngest guy in the room. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was felt comfortable. I mean, everybody there made me feel comfortable uh, talking about UC basketball. But, um, it, you know, it was that was the extent of it. I'd go to a couple luncheons, you know, a couple times a year, and that was it. Uh, I wasn't particularly involved with Gail uh, Catlett, although, uh, you know, I met him uh, several times. He, he was really good friends with the guy that I got the floor seats uh, mm-hmm. from. Um, uh, you know, that was... But I was still, inv- I mean, you know, I was still involved, um Bill would still call up and say, you know, can you can you up your contribution? And I go, yep. sure. So, uh, yeah, it was. And, and these were, you know, Catlett was a great recruiter, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Badger could recruit. Um, so, I mean, we kept things going. And, you know, um, you know, we went pretty far with Catlett and then he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we were suspended for a while, and every time that happened, I mean, that took the air out of UC basketball for a while. Yeah. So. Um, 
Now, then, as I was, you know, kind of getting into with the, the Bob Huggins era, um, the opening of the uh, Shoemaker Center, which a lot of people look at as, you know, you look at the um, Oscar era, 61-62 national championship, and then the hiring of, of Hugs as far as, you know, kind of taking things to that next level. Uh, beautiful arena. You've got this young, you know, fiery Bobby Knight type coach. <clears throat> um, any involvement at that point with the building of the Shoemaker, hiring of Huggins? Well, it, it's interesting. Um, uh, I hadn't met, I'm, I knew of the hire. Um, I was waiting with bated breath to find out who they were going to hire. I think I wrote a letter to the president of the university recommending somebody else that he ought to hire. Uh, Cruz, uh, uh, Jim Cruz is, okay. I think, who I recommended. Okay. And anyway, so the, it's before the season, uh, and I get a call from a Bob Huggins, and he says, I'd like to come out and meet you. And I said, oh, fine, come on out. So he came out to my office, and I had our chef prepare a really nice lunch and he walked into my office and he's looking around he goes damn this is a who decorated this and I said I've got a decorator and so we're sitting there we're having lunch and we're just talking and you know uh, he says have you picked your seats yet I said no he goes I want you to come down next week and we'll, I'll help you pick seats I said oh great so as we're wrapping up he says, boy, would I like to have an office like that, uh, like this. And I said, well, get us to the final four, <laughs> and my decorator's yours. Mm -hmm. So um, That was his whole motivation to get to the final four? <laughs> no, hardly. At any rate, um, two weeks later, I go down, and, and you know, I, I want to sit behind the bench. Yeah, yeah. And Bob says, uh, you have kids. <laughs> I said, yeah. I have three sons. He goes, uh, you don't want them sitting behind the bench with the language that I use. Yeah. So we, he moved me over, and those same seats are the ones that he selected for me. And wow. I've had them ever since. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's funny you say that. I, I have something to show you. Okay. okay. You ready? Yeah. I've got a framed picture here that's mine. This is, this is mine. I'm, I'm actually not giving this to you, but I'm showing it to you. Um, this was from when I played and we won the conference championship. Okay. I want you to look at that picture there. So I'm there in the middle. Um, Bobby Brandon, Michael Horton, Melvin Levin, Ruben Patterson, they're all in there. Mm -hmm. Do you see anything else in that picture that sticks out? Hmm. That was from back in 1999. Anything, anything that sticks out in that picture? Somebody's got their finger up. That's <laughs> that's me. that's number. One. I'm no, actually no. pointing to my mother and father. Okay. I'm, that, I'm actually pointing to them, to their seats. Who am I missing? What am I missing? Um, I'll show somebody's you. got a hat holding in their hand. Everybody else is wearing them except for Pete Michael. And uh, what am I missing? I'm going to show you. Oh, wait a minute. Am I in the background? Yes, yes you, you are. are. <laughs> Go. You're right here. Yeah, I, I see myself. You're right there on your phone. <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> Look at that. You see it? You know what? You know who that is? That's not, that's not you? That's Rich Katz. 
I'm over You're here. You're over here? I'm over here. Let me see. I thought that was you the whole no, time. that was Rich Katz. So you're right over there. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. That's funny. I so think that, that I think that's Carol next to me, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Wow, that's good stuff. That 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 hangs up. I took that off the wall. That was the uh, conference championship back in the day. So that's Rich Katz over there. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, no, in front of I'm in front of him. That's what that's what I'm telling you, Steve. Steve, I told you that was you. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, so that is you. Yes, it is. Thank okay. you. Okay. Right, you're making me. You're making okay. me feel. I'm going. You know. Okay. You're right. Bad eyesight. That's all right. That's all right. Bad um, eyes. Those are the seats that Hugs picked out for you. Yeah. And you you made the made the picture. On the wall, I'm showing your son there. Your, your, your dad's right there in the back in that picture there. Um, and the, 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 Huggins, the Huggins period was obviously a lot of people look at that as, you know, some definitely one of the great times in UC basketball. Um, what was so special about those times for you? For me, it was – his coaching style was incredible in fact he invited me to a closed practice mm -hmm. on a saturday and i took two of my sons with me and they set up folding chairs and this was the 92 team it was before the season started it's just you know mm -hmm. when he can first start uh practicing with them it was the final four group yeah the okay. final four group and these he's got these guys running i mean i've my son, I, I got exhausted after an hour watching him because they, it was nonstop. Yeah. There were garbage cans all over the place, and the only, place, only time he could stop was to throw up. Yeah. And um, he, he made practice hard yep. so that in game day, it, it was cakewalk. Yep. He uh, always said that. Yeah. And, always said that. And I found that to be a, a remarkable um, philosophy because – it's about preparation. Sure. It, whether it's in business, it's preparation. Whether it's negotiating a deal, it's preparation. And and basketball is all about preparation. And if you have the stamina and the fatigue and, and, and the uh, intestinal fortitude to 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 outman the other guy, you're prepared. Yeah. And he prepared these these guys, and they were, uh, and he was a tough guy to please. Mm -hmm. Also, yep. Uh, Mm -hmm. But he also had a, f you knew he was going to win because he had this force of, we're going to win because I want us to win. Yeah. Um, and they did. They, I mean, at the end of a game, I, I was not as worried that we weren't, <laughs> that we weren't going to pull it out. Yeah. I mean, I was confident that we would. Yeah. So he was. He's a phenomenal coach. He's a Hall of Famer, and uh, no he's, he, about that. he's an incredible guy. Um, I wish he'd lose some weight because I'd love him to stick <laughs> stick around for a lot more years. Good and I've with, told him that. Good luck with that. Yeah. Oh, I, we've all told him that. No, no. Every time I see him, he, he goes, how come you stay so thin? And I go, because I don't drink that. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like you do. Yeah, he likes that. Um, back Quickly back to that Final Four team. Um, it's, it's such a special group. And I was telling Terry Nelson this because I, I feel like Terry Nelson is he's kind of like the 
of all the former players, he's kind of the glue. He kind of holds us all together. And I, and I told Terry, I said, that Final Four group, just the makeup of that team and the personalities, and no offense to the 61-62 you know, uh, team, that Final Four team, in, in my eyes, is the most recognizable team in Bearcat history, um, even though they did win a national championship, but even more so, the personalities. Yes. I mean, you just – Corey Blunt, Nick Van Axel. I mean, there were so many personalities on that basketball team. And you traveled. You went to away games. Um, correct? Yes. But I don't – let's see. Did I go to away games? Yes, I did. I Yes, I did. I did go when Hugs was here. Yeah. I went to Clemson. <clears throat> I went to uh, uh, a number of away games. Um and I enjoyed them. I went to Memphis yeah. a, a couple of times. Uh, uh, that, that, that pyramid. The pyramid. Wow. Yeah. Um, as I sat next to uh, Kenyon's mom his junior year. Okay. When everybody was wondering if he was going to leave. Uh-huh. And I said, he's not. I said to her, you know, I introduced myself first. And I said, mm-hmm. he's not going to leave, is he? I mean, his whole future is ahead of him. Yeah. And wouldn't comment. But, you know, as it turns out came back you came back made the right decision you were at the final four correct the final four games oh yeah yeah how, and, how cool was that i didn't get to go um, well you know we had <clears throat> what was supposedly great seats and we were about halfway up from the floor this was a in in minneapolis mm-hmm. uh, i can't remember the name of their facility but was, uh, that, was it the metrodome yeah metrodome yeah. Okay. anyway um Ron Grinker, who was who was the uh, agent, right? Yeah, he was he was Bob's agent. Yeah, we were in the same row with him, and we were so far away. I mean, Danny Manning wa- uh, sat uh, about four rows or five rows down. Danny at that point was already playing professional basketball. Mm-hmm. We had S- Stephen King sitting across the aisle, who read a book, was reading a book during the final four. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The- <laughs> The, the, off, the, the author, author Stephen yeah. King, yes. was actually reading a book yes. at the Final Four. Yes. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, he would look up and watch the replays. And, uh, um, you know, my son, Alex, had an autograph book. Uh, I'm being corrected by my son off stage uh so, so my my son alex had an autograph book mm-hmm. and um he brought it to the final four because he was going to see personalities yeah so he went down and got danny manning's autograph okay danny and he saw some coaches and he got the coaches autographs but my son jonas's favorite all-time author was Stephen King. Mm. So he wanted to get Stephen King's autograph, and I, he asked me, how should I do this? I said, be polite and walk over and ask. Mm-hmm. So he walks over there and asks Stephen King for his autograph, and Stephen King looked up at him and said, no. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> he was reading his book. He didn't want to be interrupted. Yeah. Wow, he told him no. Told him no. Really? Yeah. I mean, and you know, Alex looked like the popping doughboy back then. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a real 
pudgy and chubby, and he was cute as a button. And mm-hmm. I said no. Wasn't having it. Wasn't having it. Damn it, Stephen King. Jeez. So that uh, did you think that, that that Final Four run there in the back of your mind? Obviously, they they played some really. I mean, absolutely, that Final Four was just loaded. As we look back, as just one of the great Final Fours. I mean, did you really think we could win that championship? Did you go to Minneapolis thinking we could we could leave here national champions? I thought so. Um, I think uh, I think we just ran out of gas and and at the end of the game um i i thought everybody played a stellar game um our defense was incredible but you know we're playing against the fab five yep and you know all of them ended up being uh pros Yep. so it was it was our team versus the pros and i thought we we did an incredible job and i think we we stood up well against them and you know so i <clears throat> i was proud of the uh, of the team and i was happy i thought we could win the whole thing and and if you look at it from the time huggins took the job and you've got the the kind of the, the the backbone of of his time frame there with lou banks andre tate like i talked about obviously steve sanders hitting that Amazing shot. I missed that game. You were not at that game? I was on a bar mitzvah cruise on the Ohio River. With okay, a, wait, 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 with, wait, wait, wait. With a, a bar mitzvah cruise? Yeah. There was a party, on, and I kept saying to my wife, can, can we maybe get out of this? <laughs> yeah. And she's going, no, we have to go. So I took a transistor radio. Well, the reception um, on the river is not that great. Oh, wow. And I'm sitting there, and... All of a sudden, we we must have got some interference, mm-hmm. and I couldn't hear the end of the game. So I didn't know whether we won or lost until I got oh. back to land. But, yeah, I did not attend that one. Steve, this is I, – I, I didn't know this. Wow. Yeah. Now, do you – I mean, do you talk to your wife about this? Do you say – we, are you, you, I, you I wouldn't up. win that argument <laughs> anyway because, you know. Yeah, there's no winning that one. I mean, you know, it was the polite thing to do. We went to a bar mitzvah um, in honor of the child, or the young man or woman or whatever it was, and, uh, yeah. and, and the family. So. Well, you missed a hell of a game. I was there, and, it, uh, and, and like you, um, you know, growing up, huge Bearcat fan, and that that game just just took it to another level for me. You know, being a at that age to go from no offense to Tony Yates, but there are three thousand people. You know, at the gardens I was per one game, of them. you were one of. So you and I made three thousand one hundred whatever people there to go to this beautiful, you know, brand new arena. Brand new fiery coach. They're playing, you know, n- you know, top ten or whatever they were at the time. Minnesota, top twenty, whatever. Yeah. And 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 beat them. A walk on football player. Like I'm walking around school the next day, going, the Bearcats are the greatest thing in the world. And and it started earlier, but even at that point, I said, I have to play for the Bearcats one day. I have to make this. I have to make this happen. And I'm saying that to say. That team was was kind of the start of it, 
And then you look at the final four team, the recruiting job that that staff did to put together that group. And then that group leads to that next wave, which I, I'm almost positive you're going to agree with this, but that next wave where you got Kenyon, the Dermar, Kenny Satterfield, that's a national championship team if Kenyon doesn't get hurt. Yes, absolutely. No question, no right? Question. So you just look at each year the team is the, – the program's headed in the right direction. Huggins has this great philosophy. You are all in now at this point, correct? I mean, you are how – can, how can I help – we help make this program – even bigger and better. Right. <clears throat> I mean, you know, it, he had a, an incredible coaching staff. He, he had Steve Muller, yep. John Lawyer, <laughs> uh, and John John was a wonderful young man. Yep. Uh, Larry Harrison. Larry Harrison, and he also had uh, Chuck. Chuck Mayshock. Who I adored. Uh, the greatest. Yes. And, you know, so he had great assistance helping him mold this team to his philosophy and uh and they would go out and win uh and that was impressive and the first year we went 18 i think we won 18 games and you know the year before i was at cincinnati gardens watching kansas city missouri who had just become a division one team and 380 other fans mm-hmm. well, we watched the bearcats lose yeah uh so this was actually heartwarming to to see i mean going from what our record was the year before to 18 wins and i what they we didn't go to a tournament maybe we did the the first year yeah um there was some that was of, the was that the nit that yeah. might have been yeah, there wasn't the NCAA I don't think happened for um I think that might have been the NIT year. No, there was some kind of a post game thing, you know, for for teams that didn't get invited to the NCAA. Maybe it was the second year we could got that invitation, but yeah. It seems to me we had some kind of an invitation to but every uh, every year hugs just had the he built and built and built yes. was it was it nit the first year and but every year he just kept building and building and I, and I remember this when i played when i got to uc and i was i was playing steve you were everywhere wherever we were yeah you were there you were such a integral part and important piece to i think just the the, the personalities and the culture you know that was there and we had you you were i mean i remember going on road trips and we go down to breakfast i was at breakfast you were there yeah um you were every and mr uh, what was his name mr Dal was it mr dally what was the, old, yeah. the older gentleman he would he would travel with us he i know he's passed away yeah but. yeah and and also uh uh, uh mm. marvin Marvin Kleinman. Kleinman. Yep, Marvin. Was, yep, Marvin was. But he's passed away. Yeah, he was a great, great person. Um, now, so at, at what point, Steve? And I want I want Bearcat fans to understand this. Bearcat fans go to games, watch games, listen to them on the radio. They see the Kenyon Martins, the Gary Clark's, um, Trey Scotts, and all these players. But but they don't understand, I think, in some ways, the support that an athletic department needs to to have, you know, 
these things happen as far as successful programs. You have been a big part of that. Um, Can you explain to the Bearcat fans maybe what your role as a booster has been that you take pride in that has helped this program, I think, get to this level? Well, I've been asked to mentor uh, a player, uh, which I've done. Um, You know, basically most of my help has been financial in nature. Uh, I've always made it my business to try and talk to all the players to let them you know I love going to practice yeah um, yeah you were a staple of practice yeah I, I love practices um, I didn't go often but when I went you know I was I was clearly into it mm-hmm. watching the practice trying to figure out what 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 this play was going to do for us um, and yeah, you yeah. you would go to the Devereux Summer League games to get an eye on the new guys yes I'd sit there in those uh, sweaty uh, gyms with no air conditioning. Or so. Yeah, to to, to 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 watch the incoming players because I wanted to get a first gander of yeah. what what are we bringing in. Yep. Um, I also I've gone on recruiting trips uh, with with Hugs with Mick Cronin. Um, I haven't gone on any with with John, but um, yeah, but you know I've enjoyed all of our coaches and I think I've developed good friendships with yeah, with yeah. all of them yeah. o- over the years um, I still talk to, to Hugs now and then I talked to Mick uh, I texted him last night he won a, a great game against Arizona, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I texted him and uh, I thanked him for beating Sean Miller uh, for me personally <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah uh, you know it's these men have a tough job because they're making a living off of 18, 19 year olds and they're also trying to make men of them and I think each one of them in their own way have done a remarkable job making men out of young boys mm-hmm. and, and setting them on the path of life and uh, I think you know I think we're all supposed to be teachers yeah. in this life. Yep. And uh, these these men have been remarkable doing that for these young basketball players. Yeah. No, no so. question. And and I do want to talk a little bit more about Mick. So um, Bob Huggins um, in, in the university part ways in 2005. Andy Kennedy is there as the interim uh, to 06. And then um, in steps Mick. And I don't, I don't want to. I really don't want to dive into the whole hugs thing and all that no, stuff no, with no, him I being. Do that. Um, but but I do want to talk about Mick. Um, in in Mick's run, he was 2006 to 2019. So his run at the university, um, some people look at it different ways. Um, but based on what was left, what Mick inherited, what he built, and and and. The, the place he had the program in, um, I think he did a fantastic job with that. I want to get your thoughts on that because there were a lot of people when when Hugs such a big time figure. I mean, you look at sports figures in Cincinnati. You got to put Pete Rose, Bob Huggins. Like he he's he's up there, right? Yes. 
and, and, and following the footsteps of somebody like that is very, very tough to do. They always say you don't want to be the guy that follows them. You want to be the guy that follows that person that gets fired because they, right? Right. So um, with Mick taking over, um, were you, did you have any, um, any uh, conversations with Mick, the AD, and, and when he got hired? He called me right after the hire, and I was in Florida. Mick or the athletic director? No, Mick. Mick, okay. So I'd seen his press conference. No, did I? I, th- I saw it on the news um, that he had accepted the position. Mm-hmm. And I was in Florida, and I, Carol and I were driving around someplace, and Mick called, and I pulled over so I could talk to him. And he goes, I congratulated him on getting the job. And he goes, hey, man. I'm going to need some help. <laughs> I said, I, I, I know the cupboard is bare, and I know, you, you know you're know, you a good recruiter. You've had a great teacher, two teachers. Yeah, yeah Patino you know, and Hugs. Patino and Hugs. Um, and, you know, you'll get there, and if I can be any help, you, you'll let me know. So uh, the kind of help that I offered was, I, you know, uh, it was tough for him because he's following a legend. Yeah. You know, and, yep. um, and he wants to create his own. And, yes, and so you know he's got to create his own persona, and and has to be accepted. And everybody's so angry about hugs. So he was at a disadvantage, and I was very sympathetic because I, you know, I I knew him as an assistant. Yeah, and uh, so um, I I would go on recruiting trips. I'd say, you know, you, you need a wingman. You know, uh, I'll be your wingman. Get out. You know, you need to. Hugs was highly visible, and I know you're a little bit more subdued than that. But yep. if you need to go out, uh, you know, I'll meet you for dinner. We'll go wherever you, you need to go if you if you want to do that. And in fact, I remember the night Samantha was born. His daughter. Samantha. Yeah, his mm-hmm. daughter. He and I were on the phone for like an hour. I right? mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going. I was out in the sticks, and he was, you know, I think in the hospital or just left the hospital, and he mm-hmm. and I talked for about an hour. He was so excited. So yeah. was I for him. Yeah, sure. Um, um, he came to, let's see, he came to my son Alex's wedding. Uh, um, I mean, you know, we just formed a really great relationship. Not that we, I didn't have a great one with with uh, Bob but you know I tried to do anything that could help because I, I felt like he was disadvantaged from the moment he stepped on on campus yeah. um, and until unfortunately when he left which was I think a sad day for um, college basketball and it was a it, that was a tough transition I think for a lot of different reasons like you said um, following a legend um, and Mick knew this going into the job that his first two years were going to be a struggle because you're trying to get, you know, guys that may not be the top of the recruiting list. You're trying to get who you can get. Um, and then you have a lot of your fan base that's now turned their back, um, yeah. not only because Hugs was 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 fired, but then Nancy Zimfer had become kind of a being put in nicely a villain in a, in a in a sense you know on campus amongst the fans so it's like you're trying to coach through that and his first two years were they were tough 
they were very tough. There weren't a lot of people there. Um, and John Williamson and Deontay Vaughn really carried those two basketball teams. You, you know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, gosh, with I mean, if Deontay Vaughn would have, if he would have gone to Indiana, um, I, I don't know what, I don't know what would have happened because he was, gosh, he's underappreciated in my opinion. I, I would agree with, agree with you. that. Yeah. Um, but I remember having a conversation with Mick um, after it was, it was, I think at the tail end of the second year, you know, I was at a practice as I often went. And um, I said, how are you doing with everything? And he looks at me and he goes, I know what you mean. He goes, I, I know everybody wants me fired. He goes, I hear it. Because, you know, people were like, oh, he, he should. Just like with Coach Brandon, he's not winning right away this year. And everybody's like, oh, he, he's not the guy for the job. They were doing that same thing, you know, the Mick. And he goes, I, I hear it. He goes, but I tell you what, um, I got a kid coming in. And I got a kid that's going to follow him. And he goes, we're going to have that place rocking and rolling. And Mick was right because he then got in Yancey Gates. Yep. That's the first kid he was talking about. And Yancey led to Lance Stevenson, yep. who was kind of an attraction type of high-level recruit. And at that point, now you're now you're packing the place. Now the energy's back. You know, then the Sean Kilpatrick's and, you know, Deion Dixon's. Um, you had to be proud of that. I oh, mean, Absolutely. I, I remember going on a recruiting trip with him uh, to see Kimba Walker. I want to hear this. Go ahead. And he thought, you know, I mean, he was so high on Kimba Walker, and he thought, we got a real good chance of getting him. Yeah. And I remember how disappointed he was when Kimba announced that he was going to UConn. Uh, UConn. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was uh, during that recruiting trip, we run into hugs, which is a, a really funny incident you know because the two of them i'm sitting between the two of them and 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 they are having at each other in in a fun spirited way yeah yeah you know they're 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 just having fun with each other and i'm going initially you're in the middle i'm in the middle and i'm thinking to myself are these guys being serious or is is this just joking around right and and then when they started laughing after they were saying things to each other, and I knew they were joking around. Yeah, but, um, yeah. He really thought he had Kimba, and, and that would have been would nice. Have, that would have been a game changer. Yeah, I always say, Steve. I think there, in my lifetime, there were there were two college basketball players that I have. I, I don't think has ever had a greater one season that I've watched, and one of those was Carmelo Anthony. Yep his freshman year from the first game to the national championship game. He was unbelievable. And Kimball Walker from the time, the first game to the national championship. He was awesome in the Big East tournament. Ran him through the NCAA. He was unbelievable. He would have been a game changer yes. for sure for this program. Those recruiting trips must have been awesome. You know, I, I didn't go on that many. I mean, I've, I went on, I don't know, half a dozen of them with hugs and probably half a dozen of them with Mick and uh, yeah they were fun and and when I when I first did this I'm going this is it we're just sitting here watching I mean are you allowed to talk to him and he goes nope. absolutely can't. not can't talk to these kids Mm-mm. well how do they know you're here and he goes they know yep they can see me I go oh okay and then I we, we I'd see somebody that I thought was a really stellar player and he mm-hmm. goes nice too slow Yep. Got got some skills. He's too slow. Okay. Coaches know what they want for yep. their system. 
absolutely, and and both hugs, and he knew what they wanted, and they were filling positions. Yep, and and which is what I think John Brandon's going to be doing. Mm-hmm. He's filling positions. Yep, and you know, it's you know, I would have loved to have had Trey Scott back another year, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, am I thinking of that would be long um, that were uh, seniors yeah uh, let's see Jaron Jaron um, and Javen yeah. his uh, cousin yeah one more year would have been great you know? yeah but yeah yeah and we, we are going to talk about Coach Brandon here uh, here shortly but um, and you're, you're, and you're so right I think about the, the recruiting and you know me going to a a lot of AAU events with, with my teams it's always interesting because uh, mixed right uh, when we go to um, AAU events, our kids, they know what coaches are there. They see the logos on the shirts. They're, Absolutely. They're checking social media. You know, they know. That's very, very important for them. And, 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 and coaches oftentimes look for certain fits. And, and, and the kid I want to talk about, Gary Clark. Gary Clark and I are pretty close. I talk to him quite a bit. Fan, I mean, what a fantastic kid you got to know him very well yeah i've had dinner with he and his mother and his brother mm-hmm. uh two or three times during the course of uh, of his playing time at uc what a polite i mean he's a real gentleman yeah oh and, no question soft spoken and then when i saw him on the court how aggressive he was it was like jekyll and hyde i mean oh, you know in between those lines it's yeah a different... oh yeah different person and he's even told me that there were schools that passed on him that did not see that he was a good fit for their program and I guarantee you fast forward to his senior year in college and every college in America would have loved to have had Gary Clark but that was Mick saying he's a good fit for you know my program right now that's right right and then he developed and he obviously having success right now in the NBA with uh, with Orlando um, and, and I do want to talk about Coach Brandon here shortly, but before I get to that, I do want to do a little fun uh, list. Okay. okay, I want to do some do some lists. Okay, um, you've watched a lot of UC uh, basketball here, from you know going to games in '69 to you know when this hopefully when this pandemic's over for a long time, but even prior to that, watching top five. And, and I, when I say this too. Oscar's not allowed in any of the list. Oh, good. Okay. okay. That, that makes it, uh, it fairer to the rest of the guys. Yes, you have to take him out of the equation. Okay. Top five favorite Bearcats of all time. I'd start with Kenyon. I love it. Kenyon would be first. Sean Kilpatrick. Mm. Uh, I thought he was wonderful, and I remember being out in... Uh, where were we in Oregon, Washington, wherever we played and lost to Harvard? Uh, remember Washington? Washington State? I think so. Anyway, I woke up early in the morning of game day, and there it was in USA Today. You know, Sean made it was an All American, mm-hmm. first team All American. And I saw him down the lobby, and I said, Hey, you're first team All American. He goes, What? 
and I handed him the paper, and he's reading about himself for the first time. I, I don't think these kids read the read their clippings at oh, all. No, they, they look on um, social media. Yeah, I saw that picture because Dan Hoare tweeted that out yeah. of you handing him that paper. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that picture. He had no idea. Anyway, I, I adore him. He's a great, yep. great young man. No question. Um, um, should I exclude Jack Twyman? No, you can put okay. Twyman Jack in there. Twyman was another great player. Danny Fortson. Ah, uh, big two five, 25. And if I'm going to go back a little while in between two periods, I'd say Pat Cummings. Oh, nice. I, I really would. And then right after that, or Nicky Van Exel. Yeah, my favorite of all, of all time. Yeah, I mean, he brought a lot of energy to this basketball team. I mean, really did. I, I still felt strongly that Anthony Buford was the uh, on the court general. I mean, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. he knew Hugs' system. I, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I think he was. Yeah, I think because you know he had known Huggins prior. Yes, and a lot of these guys didn't. And a lot of these guys were like, you know, what the hell? This guy's out of his mind. And Buford's kind of like, yeah, there's a method to the madness. You got to kind of see through some things. So I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, it's a good list. Yeah, thank you. Um, definitely, Ken, Kenyon. Obviously, my my former teammate. Definitely think he's. Um, and I, I love the fact that Kenyon really um, loves being a Bearcat. I know it's it's after Hugs got fired, he kind of took off his Bearcat hat. I know. And uh, he's kind of back, you know. Um, you know, singing the Bearcats' praise. So I like that. So good list. So. Uh, a list that I'm actually very interested to hear. Um, your top three games at Fifth Third Arena. I really had to think about those, and I, I just I'll tell you what they are. So. And you weren't at the Minnesota game. I'm so mad at you right now, Steve. <laughs> I was at a, on a bar mitzvah cruise. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got it, Steve. So, uh, the first one was. 1992 UC versus Memphis and Penny Hardaway's team. Yes. And we beat Memphis and won the great Midwest co-championship that Mm. year. Uh, And that's the year we beat them three times, which is very difficult for any team to beat another team three times, and we did it. And one of those times was Corey broke the basket. Yeah, at the – at the con- at the conference championship, or the conference tournament, right? No, was it that was the conference tournament. No, it was the game, the away game. Um, in fact, David Schneider's father had passed away, and we were all over David's mother's house. And David's father played basketball at UC. He was a guard, mm-hmm. and you know, you're not supposed to watch television and stuff like that when you're at least in the Jewish faith when you're when you're visiting you know you're not supposed to do that anyway David stood up and goes if my dad were alive he'd be so angry with us for not turning this game on turn the game on and we were all watching it together mm-hmm. and Corey broke the basket or the backboard yeah and we beat him I mean it took like half hour to sweep up the yeah. glass and put the new backboard on yep. and then we went on to win so that was and then the final four, them, you know, that took us to the final four. The other, I thought this was, Huggins was always emotional 
on senior night. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he would literally cry. Yeah. And I don't know if the TV audience could see it, and I don't know if all the fans could see it, but he would get very emotional. So senior day, 2000, uh, UC versus DePaul. UC had won the regular uh, season championship of Conference USA. And, you know, that was when he was saying goodbye to, to your whole class, I think, mm-hmm. your whole group, mm-hmm. but in particular Kenyon. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he hugged Kenyon, yep. I mean, those were fatherly yeah. alligator <laughs> tears. Yep, yep, no question. And then, of course, what happened the next week Yeah. down in, uh, what was it, Memphis? Yeah, that was it. And then you'll be surprised to hear this one, but this is 2011, UC's plan Louisville. And, you know, um, mix the head coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. And the head coach, the student, beat the professor. Yeah, yeah. And UC won the game. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that was, I mean, after, you know, struggling for a number of years and, and not being able to beat him, uh, to have Mick go, go in and just, you know, go into the shoe and knock that one off, that was that was, a, that was a big one. I think, if I remember correctly, wasn't it, wasn't there a time when Mick, was it Mick was an assistant at Louisville and they played at UC and Patino got kicked out and Mick took over? Didn't that, ha- didn't that happen at UC? I, don't I have remember. to go look that. I have to go look that one up. I want to say that that happened way back, way back in the day. Um, good, good list of games, though. I like that. Um, you can look those up. I mean, those were really good games. Oh too. yeah, mm-hmm. those. I tell you what, those Big East games, though, those were some monstrous games. Some great. I, I never forget. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, everyone always says. This game was the loudest in in fifth third arena history. This was the loudest game in the shoe. Remember that? Yeah. The the they still have the meter in there for the for the loud. There there have been moments where it's just been been crazy. I know when um, Kashmir Wright hit that shot to beat Alabama, um, that place went bonkers. Uh, so many. So I mean, those Big East games were 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 incredible. Those were those were some fun games. Okay. Um, do you have any? Your your favorite, maybe one or two, just your favorite story uh, with UC basketball. Um, I give you an embarrassing story. Oh, I like those. All right, your son like your son. Your son over here shaking his head. You like so. <laughs> I, I guess Bob was not coaching at UC anymore. And okay, it was that interim year before he went to Kansas State. Okay. And I would meet Bob uh, at the beginning of the season, and we maybe would have lunch in the middle of the season and, you know, at the end of the season. And I never wanted to ever talk to him during the season because every time I talked to him before a game, he lost. And I was superstitious. Mm -hmm. So I... You know, and he come out of the stands, say hello, and I go, "Don't talk to me." <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so we're having lunch at the Silver Spring House, and um, 
you know, I always have a money clip, I, and I never walk anywhere without one. And he, uh, so I'm getting ready to pick up the, the check, and I stick my hand in my pocket, and I don't have any money. I go, Bob, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I don't have any money, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't pay pay for lunch. He goes, that's all right. I got a check today for $4 million. So I can afford to pick it up. <laughs> Man. Man. Yeah. So that's funny. Yeah. Um, some other story. you know, there's so many of them. I, I, I can't think of one that really sticks out. Cause you, you've, I mean, you've been around for, I mean, so much of this, um, favorite road trips. Uh, favorite road trip was going up to Yukon. Uh, we went up to Connecticut, and and Mick. What what year was this? Or who was playing? UC was playing Yukon. No, I mean who was the uh, coach playing was, for the? Do you remember who was playing for either Yukon or UC? Uh, I think it was you know Dixon was on that team. Um, it was like, Patrick. No, it was like his third. Mick's third recruiting class okay and we went up there for a game and okay. i think kimba walker was still there okay uh and so mick says there's this incredible italian restaurant we're gonna go to okay so darren savino and hep cronin mm-hmm. mick's dad and i um go to this italian restaurant and the guy is from the old country I mean, he's got the accent, Mm -hmm. and he's got these ovens, I mean, that are so deep, and uh, mixes, get the pizza. (laughs) And I'm going, you know, I probably shouldn't be, get the pizza. It's really good. And so I order the pizza, and then the the owner takes us back because Mick Mick insists that he show us how he makes the pizza. Mm -hmm. And we go back there, and he's got this long stick mm-hmm. and he sticks it way deep in the back of the uh this oven and it's a stone oven and the pizza's done like in two or three minutes mm-hmm. piping hot the food was delicious mm-hmm. and mick was absolutely right so we had a great time that was in connecticut yeah yeah did we win i don't think we did <laughs> but, you had good but, din- pizza. but dinner was good and and the company was good because i mean you know i always enjoyed listening to the stories hep had some good ones too um i would just i'd be a sponge and just listen because it was just fun being around these guys i I have i have two road trips um it's for you okay with you okay oh Uh, oh, new york the first one new york um we went (laughs) trust me i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that up um we went to the big east tournament Right. I think we lost to DePaul like first round and we played at remember that we went to Madison Square Garden yes we played horrible um, but I think we weren't leaving we were we had planned to stay a couple days so we lost early blah 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 you were gonna give away your your tickets or whatever and so I decided to go shoe shopping right and i think most people know i'm a, I'm a big sh- shoe fan and i remember carrying them down the the street in new york city i don't know how you did it i don't i don't the, either those things had to be heavy and they, they were all they were all Ni- uh, nikes right jordan's, they were jordan's jordan's yeah yeah, yeah. unbelievable well, i mean yeah. he, here he is he's walking into the hotel uh, and i yeah I, and it's cold it, it, it is, it, it, is it, very it, cold yeah at this particular time and we're 
I don't remember what you, your room was way up, and the elevators were pretty far from. They were. Yeah, they were. So here he is. He's got he's got bundles under his arm. And speaking of shoes, the next road trip, we go to technically New York, but we we stayed in New Jersey. That's right. We went to the uh, the Indian. We we went to the uh, Bearcats versus Gators game. Um, in New, it was in New Jersey. Okay, you're right. And so, and if you remember, we get to New Jersey, and we had plans to go to the city because we were, you know, right across from New York City, and we were going to do this and that, but it snowed really bad. Right. We ended up going to a restaurant in New York City. It was a bunch of us, Dan Horde, and uh, a lot of us went to, to dinner. But I get up game day. I get up real early, and I go down to the hotel fitness center to work out. So, and Steve, you're laughing, Steve. Yes, I, I am. <laughs> I, we're in New Jersey, snowing like crazy. I'm working out. I mean, it's 7 in the morning. And for some reason, I have my headphones on, but then the song was like transitioning into a different song, so it was like silence. And I heard the treadmill behind me. I heard pop, 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 pop. I'm like, what in the world is that? And I turn around. Steve didn't see me working out. He was on the treadmill, and I walked over, and I said, Steve. And he's like, oh, hey, I didn't even see you over there because the way it was positioned, he couldn't see me. And I was like, Steve, are you working out? And he's like, yeah. I was like, you have on loafers. You have on dress loafers. And he goes, what's wrong with that? He goes, I always work out in loafers. I was like, no, Steve, we are going to change this today. So I got Steve a pair of red Air Jordan sneakers right. to work out in. And we've since, I got you a new pair recently. That's yes. kind of our thing. Yeah. I can't have you working out <laughs> in loafers. It was so, just convenient. You I know. know. I know. It was one less thing to pack. I get, I get it. I get it. But it seems that our trips are revolve around <laughs> sneakers. Sneakers. Somehow. Um, let me ask you this. You, the, the, the development of... I think UC Athletics um, over the years, you look at Nippert, you look at um, the Leonard Center, um, you know, Fifth Third Arena, um, and and just where it is now. Um, Give me your thoughts on where the program is and and where it's headed. I think the program's in good shape. I I know we're having a slight down season in basketball, but, um, you know, I think – John uh, knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, he's got a lot of freshmen on that team, a lot of new players that don't know his system, and it takes a little while to learn anything. Yep. So um, I think as they understand what their roles are, I think we'll start seeing some victories. And, you know, and this is a rebuilding year. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you you know, he's he's done it with – some grad transfers and uh but but there's nothing like recruiting your own yep and 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 teaching them what you want them to know from the beginning and having them develop now this year uh, you know we really didn't have a preseason. there was no workouts uh per se so you know i don't see our players as as fit physically I mean as we've seen our players in the past um, but I think our program is in good shape in good hands with with John our football team is incredible For sure um, just and, lost Marcus Freeman yes but yeah that and and 
you know, I'm sure uh, my wife is furious that he's going to Notre Dame because there are a lot of people in that yeah. boat. Yeah. And for obvious reasons. So, yep. um, but, um, yeah, Luke's, <laughs> Luke's a great guy. And, and, uh, I mean, look what he's done with our program oh, in, in, a, in a short amount of time. And I believe that John Brannan will do the same thing. I agree 100%. Uh, I, I believe that this will be a Sentinel recruiting year this mm-hmm. year, although it's really tough to recruit somebody that can't come to campus. And, you know, it's really nice to have Zoom and all these other electronic devices, but there's nothing like the energy of being on campus. And there's no mm-hmm. students on campus. It's just, yep. But, you know, I, I think... John will probably fill positions, and what I think we need is some some big men um, in, in the front court because it, we're being outsized. We need to get you on the recruiting trail with them. Well, get you out there pointing out. Yeah, but the problem is we're not going anywhere. And John's <laughs> that's, not that's going true. anywhere. No, that's true. They and, they pushed the live period back for recruiting um, in AU right now, so. It looks like as of right now, coaches won't be out in April, which has historically been a big month for recruiting. You know, we're dealing with the vaccine right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's going surprisingly better than what we thought. But as the vaccine gets rolled out and more and more people accept taking it, um, I think we're going to be in, in we're going to start seeing a, a normalization that we haven't enjoyed in the in a long, long time. time. So that will allow the coaches to resume their normal activities. It will give the president of our university the confidence to, you know, kind of let people back on campus. And yeah. he's been very careful and yeah. re- and very responsible doing yeah. what he's been doing. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But I, I think we're, we're heading in the right direction. We're, you know, we're a big school. Yep. I mean, uh, and you know we're in the conference we're, that we're in. You know, it would be wonderful if we were in the Big Twelve or something like yeah. that, or something that got a lot, brought a lot more revenue in, uh, for John Cunningham's sake, because mm-hmm. that would enable him to uh, have a larger budget. But uh, you know, we are where we are. And and by the way, thank you um, for connecting. John Cunningham and I up. We had a conversation. I hadn't met him really yet, but you helped uh, get uh, us in touch. So thank you for that. I'm glad to. I like to, you know, stay in tune with who's the athletic director. And you know, I feel so bad for John. He's here, <laughs> you know, less than a month, and, and we've got a COVID, and yeah. there's the, the 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 tournament gets canceled, and you know, we've got a society in lockdown. I mean, he hasn't even be, been able to really, you know, show all the things that, you know, yep. he's been trained to do and, and, and all the skills for the university. So I think his his future is ahead of him also as normalcy returns. I'm, you know, he's been doing a yeoman's job yep. under the circumstances up to now. So he's, yep. I think he's good people. Yeah, he seems like when I spoke with him, I mean, he was very sharp and he really gets it. Um, one question real quick before we jump into the last part of the uh, podcast. How many UC games do you think you've attended in your entire life? So this took me a little calculating because I missed about 10 or 12 in my life. Okay. Um, I think I'm somewhere around 795 home games. Wow. Home games. Now, 
that's not doesn't include away games and there's probably a hundred away games I've gone to. Wow. Wow. You know it would have been cool if you kept tickets. I've kept tickets of like some of the tournaments and the final four. I've got those, those tickets. Yeah. Uh I just never thought to do that. Yeah, I know it's tough and tough in hindsight, but okay, so the last part here we have is uh I like to do quick questions. Okay. Quick answers. All right. Okay. So here we go. Quick questions, quick answers with Steve Boymel. Number one, you let's say you can attend one concert. One musical concert. Who would it be? Who either the artist or the group? Oh boy. Um Dead or alive? Dead, dead or alive? Correct. Oh, I would have loved to have gone to see Frank Sinatra. Frank. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You're one of your favorites, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. My father loves loves his music. Okay, number two. Oscar's not allowed to be an answer. Okay. If you could be one Bearcat basketball player in history, who would it be? Nick. Nick Van Nick Van I love it. My yeah. favorite. I'm with you on that one. All right. This is a tough one here. Okay. Number three. If you were a player, okay, a Bearcat player, would you have rather hit the game-winning shot like Steve Sanders did? Would you rather be Steve Sanders hitting the game-winning shot versus Minnesota or be Melvin Levitt with the dunk versus Duke? To beat Duke, uh, in in Alaska all day long. <laughs> Mel, <laughs> I, I want to be Mel. There we go. Love it. Okay, the fourth and final question. I think I know your answer, but I just said let me ask and see if I can get a surprise. Would you rather have the nicest, greatest pair of sneakers of all time in the history of the world? Or have the nicest, greatest pair of dress shoes of all time? Probably dress shoes. I knew that would be your answer. I knew that would be your answer. You love your dress shoes. Yeah. I, I, I rarely wear sneakers. The only time I wear them is when I work out. Yeah. The ones I Yeah. The ones I gave you. Um, one, I, I just thought of one quick question. Um, and this could determine if we're finished with the podcast or not. Who's the greatest walk-on in Bearcat history? <laughs> I have to say you are. There we go. I love it. I have a gift for you. Oh, really? Yes. Not necessary, but... It, nope. No, I've got to give this to you. So, we're on the theme of sneakers, okay? And, I've, of course, I've given you shoes to work out of, but I've got a sneaker. i got one shoe for you, and it's a very important shoe for me, but I'm giving you the right one, and I autographed it. I'm going to tell you what it is. So when I played, we were the first ever Air Jordan school, first sponsored Air Jordan school, the first ever Air Jordan team shoe we had. And I played in it, and um, this is the first ever Air Jordan team shoe. I signed it, and I put, Steve, thanks for all your support. Go Cats. Thank you. Thank you. I'll put this in my office. It will be on display. I love it. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you why this is. I'm going to tell you how crazy this is. So 
the Jordan people were looking to um, do something to re-release this shoe because it was so popular back in the day, but they had no mo- they they had they couldn't find any. They actually called me up. I mailed them the shoe. these shoes, and I said I have to have these back. And they mailed them back, and I've kept them in a special display case because it's the first one. But you get the right one. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. You're really. very welcome. It means and a lot. And that's that's on behalf of all the, you know, Bearcat players that uh, I think you've supported and and, and help impact. And uh, you're the real MVP. Well, I got to tell you, one of my cherished pictures in my office mm-hmm. is oh. <laughs> is uh, of. The four walk-ons yeah. with their jerseys, <laughs> and they're sitting with their back toward the camera. And, I mean, it, it, you know, it's just it's heartwarming because, I mean, if you're a walk-on, I mean, you're putting in lots of hard work. Yeah. I mean, and you're getting knocked around yep. uh, by the guys that are playing, and, you know, you really have to love basketball yep. to, to put up with the physical uh, impact that, yep. that you have to go through. So I and get yelled at by hugs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you weren't immune to being yelled at. Oh. Right. I mean, you didn't get a pass. He still yelled at you too. Oh, I, sometimes I was, sometimes he would yell at me and the intention of yelling at me was to get through to Melvin Levitt because he couldn't yell at Melvin like that. I, I was at a game. I had bought the bench, mm-hmm. uh, you know, silent auction and, all my kids were gone except my youngest son, Alex. And so I thought I'd buy him two tickets on the bench. Mm-hmm. And I said, you can take anybody you want. And like the week before, I said, who are you going to take? And he goes, I want to take you, Dad. So mm-hmm. anyway, before the game, Hug sends one of the managers out to the bench and says very nicely, very politely, Mr. Boymel, if you scream from the bench or if you're loud... You will be persona non grata forever. <laughs> I sat on my hands th- that whole game, and mm-hmm. Mel Levitt scored an all-time high. Was that the three-point when he broke the three-point record? I don't remember, but he it was, it's career high. I'm not in the Eastern Kentucky game. But yeah, go ahead. So Hugs walks on down because he'd gotten into it with Hugs, and so he sat next to Alex. Mm-hmm. And Hugs comes down here, and he goes. Mel, you know why you scored so many points tonight? Because you paid attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. Mm-hmm. Not great job. Not you paid attention. You yep. moved your feet. Yep. And that was it. Yep. And Mel looks at Alex and me and starts <laughs> laughing because he don't know what else to say. Anyway, no, that's you. You've you've done a lot uh, for the Bearcat uh, program athletics um number one fan definitely number one fan which is which is important i think i think all programs need to have you know a loyal base of people that support well you know we've been developing one very gradually and i think uh yeah uh we're heading in the right direction just everybody needs to pay be patient we've got a good coach we need to just Give them a little time. I mean, these kids will catch it. And when they do, we're fast. And speaking of that, um, they won at SMU. 
and play Wichita State here in about yeah. 20 minutes. So we're going to let you get Wait ready for that It started game. already. Oh, no, no, no. no. It's 4.30. It okay. It was originally a 4 o'clock game. Moved and to you're seeing it with your dad, right? Watching it with dad. We watch every game together. Okay. And because uh, obviously you can't be in the – well, we watch away games together, but obviously when they play at home, you know, he and I go together. So it's just kind of our thing. Well, give my father your regards, please. I will. Okay. I will. Thank you very much. Okay. I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing the stories and – this is gonna this is gonna be a um, a well listened to podcast. Well, I, I hope I hope the fans enjoy it. And and, and thank you for your soon to be um, support of the podcast. Oh yeah, you're welcome. As uh, the healthcare management group being a presenting sponsor to the podcast, we appreciate the Bearcat fans appreciate that, so we can keep this thing going. So I think this is wonderful. I mean, for the the city of Cincinnati, it's a great thank you. It, 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 this is a great program that you offer and and i love when you bring people back oh yeah former players absolutely because you i'll be sitting around going i wonder where what's he doing uh, what's he doing yeah where is he you know and and it also i think because of the way we we do the podcast is is it's a long form interview so a lot of these guys get to tell their entire story and it gives not only them but i think bearcat fans you can archive a lot of great history yeah Yes, you, know, you can. Just think like, you know, you look at Tony Yates and, um, you know, players, just other players maybe that have passed away that have never really sat down and told their entire story. And, and you know, we've got archive record of, of different stories. I wish I could have interviewed a guy like a Tony Yates, you know, before. What a wonderful guy. Really. I know. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to bring home a victory today, hopefully, at 4.30. Got my fingers crossed. Both of them. There we go. Steve, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming over. Yep. Go Bearcats. Yes, sir. I want to thank everyone for listening to Season 2 of The Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Once again, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, Big Meach 41 And I'm now dancing on TikTok, at Alex Meacham 41 I appreciate everyone listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats! <laughs>